Hi, welcome to Living with Tolle, the podcast that helps you understand the teachings of Eckhart Tolle and helps you apply them to your everyday life so you can experience presence, mindfulness, and the power of now even through those challenges of everyday life. My name is Leo Ristimuno. I'm the co-producer and co-host of Living with Tolle, and I want to remind you that our website, Living with Tolle, contains a whole collection of our archives. It has all of our recordings, our podcasts, our interviews with special guests. We also have a collection of videos, meditations there. Again, our goal is to help you experience and apply the teachings of Eckhart Tolle to your everyday life. Now, this content is available for free, free of advertising. And so if you enjoy our content, our podcasts and recordings, we invite you to contribute. We invite you to donate a contribution to help support the project. You can go to livingwithtole.com where you'll see the button that says donate. Just simply click on that and make your contribution as your way of saying thank you and your way of saying you enjoy the content that we're producing. Thank you ahead of time. Thank you for listening to Living with Tole. Thank you for seeking a better life and greater mindfulness and greater presence. Now here's Greg to introduce the teleseminar conversation with Scott Killaby. We hope you enjoy it. Hi, this is Greg Larson. I just want to give you a quick introduction to this new recording from our teleseminar series. Our latest guest was spiritual teacher and author Scott Killaby. And uh, we had a really wonderful conversation. Uh, Scott's approach is definitely... Um, uh, inspired by Eckhart Tolle and his experience with those teachings, which he shares a bit there at the beginning of the teleseminar. And, you know, something that struck me as we were going through this is, is his approach very much aligns with, with our intention here at Living with Tolle, which is how to apply the teachings to everyday life. And Scott had a really great pointer that I've been using ever since the teleseminar, which is to, you know, continually throughout the day rest in awareness. And there's many ways to, to share that, you know, be in the now or come to the now, but for some reason his, his pointer of resting in awareness really struck me and resonated with me, so I've been using that and I found it to be very useful. And to do that continually throughout the day is really, I think, what it boils down to. So this interview was a wonderful one. Scott's a, a seasoned spiritual teacher, and as I say, he's an author, so he's had some time to, to reflect on these ideas and, and hone his approach. So I think you'll find it to be an excellent recording, and, and I'm so glad you're going to join us today and listen in. I also wanted to, before we start the, the recording here, I want to let everyone know that we're looking for donations for our website you know any amount is fine with us so but we really would love your help in supporting this project it's been um it's been three and a half years now since leo and i started this living with Tolly podcast and it's been quite a journey for each of us and we're looking forward to continuing these conversations and and adding videos and articles and and everything that we have for free that's on the website and so you know we're, we're doing a lot of work to make all this sure happens and we'd really love your support Thank you so much for that, and we'll just get right into the the teleseminar. Again, this is a recording we had with uh, a, a teleseminar with Scott Killaby, and enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, to the Living with Tolle teleseminar. This is your host, Greg Larson. Thank you so much for joining us. 
and really excited about tonight's teleseminar. We have a wonderful guest on. His name's Scott Killaby, and we were just chatting a moment there before the, the call, and Scott has a real powerful you know, experience with uh, Eckhart Tolle in his life and a wonderful journey, and he's got lots of insight and experience to draw from, so I'm really looking forward to having uh, Scott on the call so if you're uh, on the call, or if you're listening and you're not aware of what the, the call is about, this is a teleseminar we have titled Living Realization. And our guest is Scott Killaby. And here's a few of the questions that we put out on the, on the post that we uh, entered on the website, Living with Tole, announcing this call. And so just a few questions that set up our conversation. Are you suffering and seeking relief? Are you unable to find fulfillment no matter where you go or what you do? Do you wish to live with a mind that is at peace and a heart full of love and compassion for others? And uh, he's going to be explaining, talking about this freedom that is available and actually contained in your very presence. And he has an approach, which is living with realization, which is going to be the main topic of our, our call tonight. And Living Realization is a, a text and a method and an ebook uh, guiding people through a process of presence and self-realization through their everyday lives, which is awesome because that's the kind of our intention with Living with Tolle is to apply the teachings of Eckhart Tolle to everyday life. And obviously Scott has that same intention too using this method that he's created called Living Realization. And just a bit more about Scott here before we get started. Scott is the author of Love's Quiet Revolution, The End of the Spiritual Search, and also Reflections of the One Life, Daily Pointers to Enlightenment. He is also the creator of an addiction recovery method called the Natural Rest Method, a revolutionary simple way to overcome any addiction, which is scheduled for release in uh, 2011 this year. Uh, Scott Killaby... Um, began writing the Living Realization material in 2008, and through the years, Scott has revised the text, responding to issues that have popped up in his own spiritual journey, as well as in the one-on-one -on -one and group meetings with others. He's a noted author and international speaker who gives talks or meetings in which those attending experience non-dual presence. In these meetings, every position and belief gets challenged, including every belief about the self, others, the world, and also all of our ideas about spirituality. This leaves those attending completely open to allow the present moment to unfold in a new way, free of identification with thought. And you can learn more about Scott at his website, which is www.killaby.com, and also his website for Living Realization, which is livingrealization.org. And Scott, welcome to the call. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing fine, Greg, and just wanted to, to say thank you for inviting me, and um, it's quite a pleasure. Thanks. Awesome. Yeah, well, you know, I was going to mention to our listeners that we had a teleseminar back in December of 2010 with Michael Jeffries, and we were looking at teacher, teachers or teachings beyond Eckhart Tolle, and yours is one of the names that popped up of a, a teacher who's really, you know, has great insights that can help folks who are, you know, being turned on the teachings of Eckhart Tolle, who can help them access it. So we're excited to have you on, the, have you share your experience and uh, and this teaching you have, living realization with our our listeners and our community. 
And just to get going here to start off with, you know, you mentioned that you were also very much impacted by the teachings of Eckhart Tolle. And so if you wouldn't mind just starting there, talk a little bit about, you know, what that experience was for you and some of those initial insights and the aha moments that you had when you first came across Eckhart's teachings. Yeah, um, well, I, I just had been in recovery from uh, an addiction, and so I was on a spiritual search, but didn't quite know what I was looking for, and was kind of just perusing bookstores like seekers often do, and had never heard of really presence teachings or non-dual teachings, anything like that. And I just, it was literally just picked up at random a book that said The Power of Now on the cover. And, um, didn't know what it was and I you know I picked it up and I opened it up and immediately something about those words was different than uh, those words were different than the words that I'd read in other books there was something different that he was saying that uh, resonated with me in a way that was deeper than some of the stuff that I read so I was captivated by his book and in fact I you know I immediately purchased it and took it home and didn't put it down probably well, I don't know how long it was. It was probably many months. I probably read the thing five or six times. <laughs> and so, uh, because it just spoke to me. I mean, it spoke to me in a way that I still don't understand what what got a hold of me, but something about the way that he was presenting that material, not only was it very deep and rich about the human experience, it went beyond kind of the stuff that, that I had been accustomed to to thinking about in terms of spirituality, but also was just very, very accessible. It was just in a language that I thought was very clear. And and to this day, I'm grateful uh, to Eckhart and to to his teachings, and it, it's influenced me a lot. And in fact, it started me off on this whole journey. So, yeah. And that is awesome. That's you know very similar to to my own story about how that. You know, launched this this deeper quest or this deeper search for my own spiritual truth, and then also inspired me to step out and begin, you know, serving and giving back and 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 assisting people in this process of awakening. So I just want to acknowledge you for that. For you know, not everyone who comes across these teachings takes that next step to to turn around and give back in such a way. So I just want to acknowledge you for just you know all the work you've done and all the people you've helped along the way, because all of it aids in this process of awakening to this new earth and shifting the collective consciousness. So thank you for all the work you've done. Well, thank you. You too, Greg. Thanks. Awesome. Well, let's go right into living realization. What is living realization, and how is that helping people? Living realization started just as a text that I started to write, and it was it was based on just meeting with people every day. I would just have these conferences with people one-on-one and in phone on phone on Skype in person. And I just kept seeing both in my own path in my own life and with meeting with people, I kept seeing certain traps and I, I kept looking at, at how do we present this material in a way that is free of a lot of the extraneous kind of words. And just to get to a very simple, basic language, how can I use a language to communicate as clearly as possible what my experience is with this. And so I just started writing it. And through the years, by continuing, again, meeting with people all day, every day, I would uh, just, you know, clear up the language as I would win. I would take things out and put things in that were even clearer. Um, 
just so that I would have a language to communicate. And so it's been really phenomenal. I mean, it's just been this gift that, uh, that keeps on giving in, in the sense that I, uh, more people are coming to it and they're, they're learning the language and it's just the language of presence, but it's just presented a certain way. And, um, uh, so yeah, there's been a lot of success. We're having online meetings where people come in fairly small groups. We keep the groups small and it's a four part series where people have access to me on a one-to-one email basis every day. Plus they attend uh, two hour meetings, uh, four of those. And then also if need be, we meet in person. And so what I found through the years is just, and I know that you're a coach, I believe you are, is that that kind of hands-on one-on-one thing or group, small group setting has a very powerful impact in people's lives. I mean, it it takes the stuff out of the the textbooks or the books and, and puts it into their life, you know, and so that you, so that the teaching is not an abstract, you know, set of spiritual ideas. It's actually there to become a lived experience. And that's where the title of the book came from was living realization. The point of it is that it's a, it's an alive realization that it's, it's about our lives. It's, it's freedom in the midst of our lives. And so, yeah, it's been wonderful, quite a journey, really. No, that's awesome. And I, I always, you know, totally encourage people and I would also do that again tonight on, on the call. You know, it is so critical, I have found, to uh, have that support. And if, you know, um, if when we're in the world, there are so many distractions pulling us towards, you know, the exterior experience, the object consciousness, as Eckhart calls this, you know, no matter where we go, no matter what we're doing, it, unless you really are a hermit living on the woods, you know, there's such a powerful pull through all the media, through, you know, the, all the gadgets, through all the, you know, the external yeah. world is so set up in a way to really pull our attention into living this external experience that it's, it's very challenging to withdraw from that. And I just cannot, you know, express enough how powerful it is to work with an individual one-on-one. So, you know, for those of you who are listening to um, tonight on the call or in the recording online, you know, if you resonate with Scott and what he's teaching, you know, I would just fully encourage you to reach out, you know, send him an email, give him a call, and explore that for yourself because having that support is just, you know, it, there's just nothing that replaces that. So if you're on the fence about it, I'm pushing you over right now and just go ahead and do that because, it, we, you know, the, the cards are stacked against you in a sense because there's so much pull from the external world that to have any support, whether it's attending groups or talks, and if possible, to have the support of a one-on-one with a coach, you know, that just makes such a huge difference. So totally encourage anybody who resonates with Scott's message and what he's talking about to make that, that call and do that. And that, you know, that leads me to this next you know, part, because we were just talking about that before we started the recording, was that you know, there's this ex- exterior experience, and I was definitely trapped in that before I awoke to presence, and my whole world was you know, lived and understood through the external world and my thoughts. There was no connection to that, that inner world. So, so that's part of this process is withdrawing our attention and our energy from this external or exterior experience and giving our focus to this inner world or this interior experience. So if you wouldn't mind talking about that just a little bit, I would appreciate that. Sure. I mean, that's part of what I've done with Living Realization is just to clear up the language over the years, is just to break it down into, first of all, encouraging people to look into your interior experience. And, of course, in a non-dual sense, the interior and the exterior are one. They're seen as one. But in terms of trying to bring this into our life, we 
we have to be very practical. And, and so since we have a privilege for thinking of our world as a physical, uh, a world of physically separate objects, like the exterior extent, like you say, object consciousness, the awakening begins to happen as we focus in on the interior experience. And so I break that down in living realization to just, first of all, awareness, which awareness is like the, it's like the space in which thoughts, emotions, and sensations happen. So the thoughts, emotions, and sensations are how I describe our interior experience. And so just by using that language, just those words, there's awareness, and then playing upon the screen of awareness are thoughts, emotions, and sensations. It gets people just looking at their experience differently so that I invite people to just in the beginning is just to take, you know, brief moments, just a few seconds at a time, resting, for example, without thought, and but doing that very repeatedly throughout the day so that the those moments become longer and um, the return to that that recognition becomes automatic uh, because we're doing it so repeatedly. And then from that restfulness, um, it becomes easier to then see what's playing upon that screen of awareness in the interior experience. Like, for example, thoughts. Um, the main thoughts being the story of me. You know, obviously, as Eckhart says, you know, the thoughts about the past, thoughts about the future, thoughts which resist what's happening now. That's the main, I call that just the, the, the triangle of self, the three, the three bundles of thought, past, present, future. Normally, when, when, when we're living in kind of uh, not, not having an awareness of that thought stream, the thought arises and says me, or a thought arises and says you, and we don't see the thought. We don't actually notice that it, a thought is arising, and so, arising, so the thought is then automatically believed. And so we're already looking in our exterior experience through that thought that says, I'm me, you are you, you know, this is this and this is that. So just by changing the way that we're experiencing that, by resting in awareness and then noticing when the thoughts, not just the me thought, but the thoughts within our story arise and then just relaxing the label, you know, just seeing the thought, the viewpoint, the opinion, and just relaxing that gives us a new opportunity um, that we didn't have when we were just following every thought that came across. One of the opportunities is to bring the attention into our body to see how following that viewpoint mirrored or reflected a feeling in the body. It could be fear if it's based in the future. It could be anger, resentment, frustration if it's in the past. It could just be resistance or anger if it's a thought about something happening right now. But every thought within that bundle of thoughts, or the three bundles of thoughts, most of those reflect some energy, either an emotion or a sensation in the interior experience of our body. So when we become more and more conscious through resting in these short moments, it becomes easier to just be aware of these energies. I sometimes call them energies. And then when we're in the body is just to relax even our labels of on the energy. So instead of immediately having to describe the fact that, hey, I'm experiencing fear, what would it be like to just look at that label fear and then just relax it for a moment so that the, the pure energy of fear can just arise unencumbered without trying to analyze it, change it, get rid of it, um, mm. tuck it away. 
And so that allows that energy in the body to, to flow more freely without hooking into the story. And what I think is so beautiful about that, and that's one thing that Eckhart taught me in the beginning by reading his stuff, is that although he didn't say it this way, what I found is that that's how the heart opens, is that the heart opens when we stop trying to analyze how we feel all the time and we let those energies come through. And they naturally come to rest in the body, each emotion, pretty pretty quickly, actually, when we're not interpreting them. And that allows that heart area to, to be open in relationship so that we're not just thinking about each other. We're actually connecting in a way that's that you... You, it's not something we understand with our mind. It's much more on a heart level or love level. And that's why I think it's so important. The interior experience is not just thought. It's also sensation and emotion. That's an important part of it. So, yeah, that's basically it. But, the, of course, there are all sorts of nuances that that I get into with people in one-on-one or groups and about how that how that is lived in daily life. Because, as you said, on your you said so well is that the challenges of daily life, you know, relationships, not just romantic relationships, but the boss or the neighbor, mother-in-law or death, illness, all these things have components in the body. They have emotional, um, they have emotions that go with these things and thoughts that go because our exterior world is connected completely to our interior experience. And so we can't, we can't we can't completely hide away from the world. We have we live in the world, and that's the beautiful thing. But but to not be conscious of what's happening in our body is like um, it's like walking around with blinders on in a way, and we it's almost like a recipe for suffering. So you know that's the the key is to to start with the interior experience. You know, you said several things in that 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 section right there were really powerful, and one thing I wanted to and to get some uh, more depth on is, you know, this whole thing of the idea that when, the, um, you know, when these are, uh, emotions or when these energies are flowing through the body, like you just said, if you just allow them to rise, even if it's fear, just allow it to rise, and it, and it will subside naturally. They, all emotions do that. You know, that's the goal. But, you know, you said the whole key is not to let them get hooked by those thoughts. But that's what I find is everyone gets so challenged by these these energies arise, and they, they, you know, thoughts are triggered with that. Next thing you know, you know, there's this whole response that happens to that. It's unconscious, and people suffer in that, and they, you know, they want to get out of that. And and so, you know, that's the key. It truly is to to allow the energies to arise and subside without getting hooked into that. But what is the, you know, what's the key to doing that? Well, how do we, you know, you know, withdraw energy from from you know, or how do we uh, create that, or you know, live in a way where those energies do not hook our thoughts, and, and you know, and then become this big snowball of more destructive thoughts, more negative thoughts, and then more and negative energy rising out of that. I think it's I think it's a million dollar question, and I've, it's something that I've looked at through the years, not only in my own life, you know, because this is my living realization, it's but also in working with people. And I answer that in a number of ways. We can't go into all the details, but I'll start by just saying the way that I start people working out is that the practice is to rest. And this is an old Sochin, Buddhist Sochin practice of resting in very brief moments, very repeatedly. Because what happens with that is if you if you recognize that you can rest as awareness in any situation, that it's actually always available, then you know that... Um, 
then you don't compartmentalize your life. So you don't think then that awareness is something that you experience only in nature, although that can happen, or only when you're sitting quietly. When you start to, I, I was doing this while working in a, in, in a professional uh, career, with, which was very busy. And what I found is that resting in awareness sometimes means just resting right in the middle of a lot of stress and tension, just to let the stress be there. And so I wasn't looking for a particular experience. I stopped looking for a particular experience. And instead, I started to rest as awareness and letting the experience exactly the way it is be as it is. That was the point. So it's not to associate presence with just a, a wonderful blissed out feeling, for example, and start to see that sometimes in awareness, um, doubt arises and that, that can be allowed to be as it is. Sometimes what happens is anger arises. Sometimes a, a, a story arises. And just to see that anything, that, that awareness itself takes no particular form. It takes whatever form the present moment takes. That's, the, that's what it takes. And so I think a lot of this is that we come to the spiritual search almost with a conditioned belief that we're supposed to have a particular kind of experience. And I think we start looking for that experience. And I think it's a mm. setup for suffering. And instead, if we begin to, la- to relax into whatever's happening, we sort of begin to let go of the belief that we're supposed to feel a certain way, that we're supposed to think a certain way, that we're supposed to react a certain way. And instead, it's like relaxing into whatever's happening. And that just immediately, that feeling of like, relaxing into what's happening just naturally kind of dissolves some resistance and some wanting energy that's under it all this that wanting things to be different or resisting and that's that's very natural and then it's just a matter when I'm working with people of of listening to the way that they talk and seeing that like for example when they're having an argument with their spouse what the questions that they'll often give me are center around the idea that they weren't supposed to have those feelings. And that's where their questions are often coming from, from a belief that they're not supposed to be having those feelings. But that kind of belief is a rejection of experience. So then you've got the anger that's Mm. coming up. You have the anger that you're having with your spouse, but then you have this extra thing that you put on it, which is like a belief that it shouldn't be there or a resistance or even a wanting for things to be different. So you're adding like this layer on top of it. So, what I do with people is I work to help them see through the, the layer that they're placing on it. So then there's more of the, just the experience of the, okay, now there's just angry thoughts and angry feelings. Okay. Now, now I see that the thought that it needs to be different can relax, but now I'm still angry. So that's, that makes it simpler. First of all, so now I'm not trying to change it. And now no. I can look at it more closely. And, and in that, for that, when I start to work really deeply with people, I do an inquiry with them that really challenges who they are in the, in the deepest sense. It really, in some of those one-on-one sessions, I do an inquiry called the unfindable self. What I found is just in my own life and working with people is that we all have some story, call it, you know, Tole sort of calls it the pain body. I sometimes call it the core wound, but it, to me it revolves around the sense of being deficient in some way, like I'm not good enough, I'm, um, I'm unlovable, I'm, I, I'm, I lack something, I don't count. Um, those kinds of stories are very common. And so when we move in relationship with people, other people are mirroring back to us what it is that we already think about ourselves in that core level. So 
if I if I'm arguing with my spouse and my spouse says something and it hits, there's a sting in the body. The mm. sting in the body is actually wisdom. It's telling me that there's something that this this relationship is now mirroring back something about how I see myself. It could be that I have a sense that I'm I'm not good enough and that what the spouse just said just hit that. And so now I know instead instead of thinking how can I get away from this pain because that's the escape mechanism that we do the seeking. Instead I'm going to see okay thank you. It's almost like thank you because this sting is telling me something there's a, there's a wisdom and a love in it. Now I can relax and feel that and just listen to that feeling and see what does it tell me about who I am, first of all. And, it, and if you listen, it, it says there's something, you know, there's something wrong with you. Or it might say something about the other, too, you know, that, that can happen, too. But that feeling, that wound is also saying something about me. And if I listen, the thoughts will arise and I can, then I know that I can see that thought and I, I have a choice not to follow it. I can just let it, just that thought, whatever that first one is, like, I'm not enough, let that relax. Or even ask the question, is that thought me? The thought, I'm not good enough, is that me? Mm. And and see that it's a thought. And once I see it, and I see that, and I do this in much more detail with people, but as we go through this, we see that what needs to actually happen is I need to feel that wound. That's the whole point of the conflict. The whole point is to wake up. So I'm, I'm, so I take people through a process where they see that the, these individual labels that are coming up that say, I'm not good enough, he hurt me again, she's not listening, are in one way or the other, they're just labels. And they're actually, in a way, they're kind of covering up what's there on a, in a deeper sense, which is like a wound. And once we get people to feeling just the raw energy of that wound, if they sit with it long enough, it just starts to subtly turn into love. Because that's what relationship is all around. It's all it's, there's nothing but love there, but it gets kind of misperceived in the game of separation. So the wound becomes the opening to love, and that's what's so beautiful about our human life, that we don't have to turn away from this conflict. That the conflict is there to wake us up, and that's to me. Once you start seeing that, um, the embodiment of all this just starts to happen more naturally. That is so powerful, and even you know, even on the 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 post here that we put up for the call, you said, you know, my approach invites uh, people to go through the specific content of our lives, using it as a doorway to freedom. And that's exactly what you just said. It was like, it doesn't matter what it is, it's 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 a doorway. All of it is a doorway to that freedom that we're looking for, and so like, yeah. not to resist it, not to avoid it, not to you know push it away. But to be, you know, even though it's unpleasant and even though it's, you know, painful, it is, that's the doorway. That's how we, you know, uh, transmute it is to, you know, be fully present to it, fully aware of what it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the real kicker, isn't it? That's the thing that I found with the whole embodiment of this is that I think like so many people, when I first came into this, my mindset was, how can I get rid of? all this stuff. That was my mindset. <laughs> and what I found was this precious gift was that all of this stuff is the doorway. This is the doorway. And, uh, and you know, it, it, just, it dawned on me later that how could you ever have freedom from suffering without the suffering? How could you have seeing through separation without the separation? It has to be there in order to have the seeing. So 
if I take the attitude, how can I just avoid all of these people and avoid these situations? Well, I may not deal with that core issue, but if you look at the old cliche is everybody's my teacher or my worst enemy is my teacher. That's more than just lip service. I mean, when you look deeply, that's actually what's happening, that the, the people are mirroring back to us exactly who we think we are, which then gives us an opportunity to see, you know, that that's not what we are and which allows love and selflessness to show up more. That's beautiful. And, and you know, just going back to what you were sharing earlier, you know, this, this arises when these things arise. That's often when we find that our practice isn't working for us. You know, we can, um, you know, say, oh, I'm not good at this, or this will never work for me, or this will, you know, I don't even know why I'm doing this, or maybe it works for the people, but, not, you know, it's not helping me at all, whatever that might be. And so that's the whole thing. Instead of, you know, you have to be aware of that, you know, falling off the wagon, in a sense, is what's going to happen. And then yeah. just as you said, and you have this here, I, I wrote on the in, the website, you know, you have these three basic reminders for practicing living realization, which is to recognize awareness throughout the day, let all appearances be as they are, and see that all appearances are inseparable. And that's it. You just have to, you know, as soon as that that comes up, it's about going back to, you know, this whole thing you just said. You have to, you know, rest in that emo- those those moments of awareness repeatedly throughout the day and just come back to that. And that's what the practice is. It's so powerful to let go of, the I'm not doing this right or I'm falling off the wagon too. It's just a matter of turning your attention right back to awareness, recognizing that continually throughout the day, no matter what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And I think that, that makes that that's what I've seen is the difference for people. That, I know that some of the people who struggle, they struggle with just some of the, even though I want to say the basic pointers, I know that it's difficult for some people, but what I, a friend of mine called it taking flight that once you're once you're taking those moments where you're resting in those uh, resting in awareness and you're doing it quite often it's, it is like taking flight in the sense that it's just much easier to look more deeply into your experience into these things like letting all appearances be as they are letting thoughts arise and fall but without emphasizing them it's just easier once you're taking flight so to speak so yeah, it's been a pretty, I've just seen the, the people who really somehow hear that and are able to do that, um, they have an easier time of it, you know. Um, I think the mind likes to kind of try to think about this stuff a lot first. It tries to, you know, just kind of overanalyze it. But when someone's really ready to get into experience and just, you know, just start resting, you know, just take a few seconds right now, rest. You know, there's a, there's a there's a rest there. It's right here, and if once you touch that as yourself, over and over and over again, it just becomes the whole the whole thing becomes easier. You know, it's not to say that it doesn't have challenges. Obviously, there are challenges yeah. everywhere, but it's much easier when you get into experience like that. I think that's key because you know what it's all about is you know, you've probably spent, you know, many years, 30, 40, 50 years before you stumble upon a teaching like this in that old way of being. So it has just tremendous momentum. There's a lot of energy, you know, you know, keeping you in those old patterns or in those old habits. And so, 
you know, you have to cultivate new habits, and this new habit is recognizing awareness. And so how you make that a new habit is you just have to continually go back to it, like you said, over and over and over, repeatedly throughout the day. And why that practice is so effective is because it's doing just that. It's building a new habit for yourself. So as you know, as you as that becomes strengthened and more about embodying that, then it's much easier, even in the ups and downs, to recognize what's happening and you know shift your focus again back towards awareness. And so it's just without doubt, you know, that practice itself will allow you to create that habit, which is so essential for being peaceful. You know, all these things that I talked about here at the beginning with, uh, you know, like you said at the beginning, I just love this, you know, is to, uh, you know, to, to have a mind that's at peace and a heart full of love and compassion for others. You know, that is just, that's the state I want to embody. Uh, that's the, the experience of life I want to have. And I know it's so important to, you know, cultivate this practice of repeatedly coming back to presence so that can, you know, that can, that practice can be my new habit. And that habit is what will allow me to have that experience that you pointed out right there. Yeah. I mean, I think that's right. Um, and you, you mentioned earlier with an important point that I kind of skipped over, but it's worth going back to is that when I'm meeting with people, um, a lot of times people will give all of the reasons why they can't do it because the mind puts up all those things. It says, you know, I don't have time. I've got three kids in the house. Um, I'm working at a job, um, but what I do is I I help them dispel that belief. In other words, I just get them to start taking moments uh, in certain times, or I'll just be on the phone with them and I'll say, if they'll say I can't, they'll say I can't take a moment of rest. What I'll do is I'll stop with them and do it with them and show them that they actually can do it. And once they know in their experience that they can do it, then it's harder to tell the lie that they can't in the, uh, during yeah, the rest of the yeah. day. And the other thing is, is just sometimes I'll say, is we have sort of sometimes a self-sabotaging uh, kind of thought flow. In other words, like it's, like you said, it says, like, I can't, I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm different. There's something wrong with me. I, I, I'm, you know, Sometimes it's good just to write, write five or ten of those viewpoints out, the viewpoints that are like reservations about even the practice, and then just whenever those arise, just those viewpoints, just relax. So because those are the viewpoints that are kind of like the barrier viewpoints, the ones that will fight the, the method itself. Um, so if you can relax just when you hear your mind say, I can't do it, and see that that's a thought, then it's like you, you have an opportunity to notice, well, maybe I can. If Hello, Scott? Well, for those of you who are on the line, it looks like Scott dropped out for a second. So this will give us a chance to rest in that awareness because I'm sure he'll realize it soon enough and call back in. So if you just want to hang in there and be patient, I'm sure Scott will call back and then we'll we'll pick up the conversation again. Hey, uh, Greg, I think I can hey, off there. Yeah, there you dropped off there. So I, I just told everybody that this is a moment to rest in awareness. So <laughs> Right. It worked out perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that is, if you just want to continue on that, that's so key right there is, you know, you're just sharing about all, you know, having all these thoughts and, and you know, you're, you're talking about writing those down or bringing more awareness in them. If you just pick up there again, that would be perfect. Yeah, so once, you know, people are taking flight, so to speak, it's just a matter of then 
you know, the way that I say it is just now look at your experiences. You're only going to see certain things happen. You're going to see thoughts, emotions, sensations, states, and experiences. That basically sums up human experience. And I know it's sort of a, to simplify it that much is for some people a little odd, but which means though that when you go throughout your day, stop in the middle of work, just rest without your viewpoints for a second, and just notice that there's feeling there. And then just let that feeling be there without labeling it. Or notice there's a, there's a sensation right there. And just letting that be there, relaxing, letting it be there. And then watch thought come back up. And so now you see it. There it is again. You're thinking about the past. And maybe you're doing it for three minutes, five minutes, who knows, ten minutes more. But whenever you notice yourself in that viewpoint again, just take a moment and rest again. and And then tune back into your body and just rest there for a second and the more that you do that the more you start to see that all this stuff is happening like there are the thoughts coming through there's definitely feelings and sensations i'm having different experiences you know the experience of being at work the experience of talking on the phone but the thing that remains constant is awareness and all of this is happening to awareness and the more that you're resting in those short moments the more that the awareness starts to be more and more prominent in your experience. Whereas before, the thoughts were very prominent. That we're thinking all the time and analyzing life and, and past and future just by taking the short moments. It's like the thought stream starts to quiet and soften more and more, almost more and more to the background, but still sometimes there, obviously. Um, but the awareness starts to be more prominent in your experience and um so and then and what's so beautiful about that is then that you just start to see that life is this flow that all that, that this this whole awakening thing includes all of life it it includes ex- all the experiences that you have all the states all the things that you do the jobs the relationships it includes it all it doesn't exclude anything but the more that you you're welcoming awareness into your life the less that you believe that any particular thought could ever define what you are because it's just seemed to be so temporary or any particular feeling because it just comes and goes to basic space or any particular experience or any title or role. And that just becomes the way that you experience your life. So you don't have to believe it anymore. You don't have to believe I'm not any of these thoughts or it's actually your experience that everything is coming and going in that temporary that flow which of temporary things so that's where that's the whole living realization in the nutshells kind of moving people from from the beginning where they're just taking the moments to an actual no longer identifying with the flow of appearances that come through but allowing the whole flow of appearances because that's life that's children those are jobs that's all that still happens obviously yeah without doubt and that well that is just so beautifully said as you were talking there, it really reminds me of, of my experience. And at the beginning, I used to kind of compartmentalize my practice and meditate, you know, for certain amounts of time at certain at certain times of the day. And, you know, that's just what it was back then. But nowadays, as, as you're explaining it, that's kind of, that's more or less my experiment. Just repeatedly throughout the day, I'm aware and awake to my that inner feeling, that inner energy field, the inner body, as I totally calls it. And I'm also aware of these thoughts that are pulling me away from that experience. 
and able to chuckle at them and just get right back into experiencing awareness. And so that is, you know, the culmination of all that practice is this like a continual experience of awareness throughout the day. And even though there might be some bumps along the road or some, you know, some little missteps, it's, you know, just immediately back into that, you know, rest and into that relaxing into awareness. So, you know, that is the, you know, I try to tell people that that's the outcome of of the practice if you choose to do that. And it sounds like you have a very similar experience. So it's just kind of, for me, it's confirmation that this type of approach does work and in, in where that leads you to and the, the, the wondrous, you know, um, experience of life that you can have once you, once you're embodying that, that experience. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you just said it very well. It's, it's like that. It, it's, that's why I call it a living realization because there's no end yeah. to the depth of it. Like even once people are recognizing awareness as a fairly unbroken experience and seeing that all thoughts and feelings and everything flows or appears inseparably to that, everything, life appears inseparably within and as that presence, the more they see that, the, the embodiment that where you start to live um, in, in, in a free way in the midst of whatever's happening, what I do with people is, you know, when, when they're ready to go that deep, is that we look very directly at everything that comes up that could possibly be you, uh, the ego, whatever you want to call it. We look, we look very directly at it. We pull it up. We pull up a story and we look at it. And when people look at all of these arisings that happen, these thoughts and feelings and sensations, and when they see that they can't find this, the, the actual self in any of it, they just keep seeing one arising after the next. It just opens that experience of awareness up even more. And so then when they're in the relationship with the spouse, those stories will come up, you know, like story, I'm not good enough, or why is she doing that? And because they've looked at that and they've seen that that's not a self, that's a thought, then it's just easier to naturally relax it and and just be there without having to follow that story. Or it's easier to see that even though there's this sadness coming up, I can just allow this to be here and I don't have to, I don't have to add a story to it. So what I found in one-on-one, just to, bring it back is that there are ways that you can talk very directly about who someone is and who you are and almost like when I use the word force because it's a good word is almost like forcing someone to look and see you know look you've been calling yourself this for a long time but look at that thought look at the thought I'm a victim look right at it in the way that a child looks at an Easter egg with without analysis look at that and tell me is that thought you is it you? And and they might say, yeah, that thought is me. And that's just, and I say that's the only reason that you think that is because there's some feeling or sensation in your body that's rising up with that, and it's not fully conscious. Make it conscious. Go into your body. Feel that feeling now, but without that thought. And so they feel the thought. I feel the feeling. And then I might ask, is that feeling you? And pretty soon they start to see that these are just energies coming through that that they don't actually make up an ego. They're just these individual energies, and that becomes their direct experience that 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 there's not a self in any of them. And so that once you once you have that happening in someone's life, the embodiment is just like 
it's clear at that point that that no matter what happens, there's no self in it. And at the same time, they're able to function in their life. They're able to be in their life and be in relationship. And you know, so that's like the that's the beauty of all this, like that it puts us right back in our lives, but now free of that, free of the yeah. the belief that these things define us that come through. You know. So beautiful, and I want to uh, take a, a moment here to let people know who are joining us live tonight in the call. If you have a, a question for Scott, or if you have a you know an experience that you want to share and get some insight around, just go ahead and hit star six on your phone, and that'll let me know that you have a question or a comment. And we'd love to have your your you know you share and you bring in your experience to this conversation. It really adds to uh, what we're talking about here, and, and so. Uh, just to continue on, Scott, you know, that is just uh, uh, so powerful the way you're explaining it, this living realization thing that you're talking about. <laughs> you know, I'm on board, and it, you know, and it really is. It's, you know, the, the people I work with, too, you know, every, it, the suffering is, is, you know, people are wanting to, to get out of that suffering, and it's a process, and you just have to, you know, almost in a sense have a knowing that, this living realization thing is true, is possible for you, and it is possible for every human being. And then in that, in, from going from where you are to where this experience is, embodying this experience of living realization, there is a path and, and sticking, you know, and being committed to that and reaching out for support, all the things that are so critical to guide you in that. You know, and so, and then, but, the, you know, the one thing that, and I'll just say, you know, because you, you mentioned it earlier, the one term that's the most frequently searched for on our website is the pain body. And you mentioned it just briefly earlier, and then you, you I think you uh, said that the way you explain it is this core wound. You know, I think that's the, you know, from where you are now and experiencing life to this experience of living realization, one of the biggest hurdles, in my opinion, is is, you know, dissolving or or, um, you know, releasing yourself from the pain biters, you said the core wound. And so, you know, in my experience, since it's such a, a, you know, a big um, um, kind of, it's one of those, you know, life experiences that people want to figure out and understand and, you know, bring in practices or tools that they can use to deal with that. You know, can you talk about that briefly here as we wrap up the call, this what you, you know, think about the pain body or as you explain the core wound and just what people might be able to do to help with that? Well, the the problem with talking about that is, to me, it's very content-specific. So even though we have a word like the core wound or the pain body, people experience that differently depending on who you are. Like certain people have a real strong, uh, angry reaction. This light. That's the how there shows up. Some people are, they, they experience a deep sadness, you know. Some people live in a gripping fear. Uh, so there's a different, the content, the stories are different, and so the feeling sensations that come up with those are different. But but I'll just stick to my own experience, which is, if you want to say what my core wound was, was this feeling uh, that I didn't even detect in my life for a long time, that I was unlovable and that I didn't have any value, that I didn't have value like other people had it. So what happened is that my mind would interpret experiences, relationships, as that, that when someone doesn't re- respond to me in a certain way or doesn't um, doesn't listen to me or doesn't value what I have to say, there was a wound that would come up, um, a feeling of mm. inferiority, a feeling of lack. And 
it would sting. It would hurt very deeply. And I would, I would react not by getting angry at the person, but by taking drugs or reaching out to make myself feel better. So for me, I had to, I had to find out what that wound is. The wound is, is that I, I don't have value. I'm not loved. And it shows up as a literally like a wounded feeling in the body. And mm. so that, and this is just my, everybody's different. I would work with people where they are, you know, with theirs. But so in relationship is, it's a matter of saying, you know, people say things to me all day long and have always done that. But the question is, how am I interpreting what they're saying? What, what is, what kind of the self image is it hitting? And what I, and when you're resting in presence a lot with the right tools, you can, you can start to see that people are, are just mirroring back to you this, this pain. They're, they're, they're saying things that bring up this kind of wound. The, most of your core relationships, especially close relationships, are bringing it up on a daily basis. All you have to do is, first of all, know what your core wound is. Know that it is like a story that I'm not good enough or something. And then just listen to your mind. And when the mind comes up and, and gives you viewpoints that feed that story, it's just to be aware of those and to recognize that's, that's that story. And then if you can just relax the viewpoint viewpoint and feel the wound directly, that's the most direct way because by feeling that feeling without labeling it, it starts to just expand. And then eventually, the more you do that, it just starts to relax so that when someone says something, the wound, you find it doesn't come up as much or sooner or later it doesn't come up at all. But for some people, I, we even go deeper, which means we actually bring up all of the viewpoints that have to do with that core wound. We might say, so you're, you're, you have no value and your mom didn't love you and your partner doesn't love you. And so we would look at each one of those thoughts and ask the question, is that, is that the self? Is that you? And it forces people again to look at a thought it forces them into their interior experience. They have to say either yes or no, is that thought me? And then once they say yes, it's like every yes always means there's a feeling or a sensation connected with that thought. Now go into your body, and then we go through the whole process, and they begin to see. It's almost like that core wound starts to be seen as empty. It's like it's made up of this thought and that picture and this feeling and that sensation, and you start to see that it's made up of all these different things and it's not a core solid wound anymore. There's like the emptiness, the emptiness of it starts to show up. It's actually transparent. It's actually not even there that we find out that it was just a kind of a belief. And so then once you're aware of the stories, then it's just easier to see. The next time you step into a relationship, it's easier to see, ah, that's what's being triggered, and to go directly into the feeling instead of emphasizing the viewpoint about being unlovable or whatever. It's just easier access straight to the feeling, which is where the healing is. That was beautifully said. Thank you for that. That's, uh, you know, that's such a challenging topic for me to, um, you know, with all the people that I'm um, working with also, and then a lot of the requests we get to the website is people learning how to do that, especially with relationships. You've mentioned relationships several times tonight, so thanks for doing that, because that is such a, a powerful window and reflection and a powerful spiritual practice and a powerful place to you know to bring your awareness into because those relationships do trigger those 
core wounds of that pain body. And so there's an opportunity to be, you know, go, go further un- into unconsciousness because of that or to use it as a tool to or as a means to further your conscious growth. So thanks so much for, for kind of, you know, bringing that up multiple times because I think there is a, a powerful, you know, uh, need to really view those relationships as, as, a, as a means for healing, just as you said right there. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the key is, is there's a time and a place for things like therapy, and sometimes people have to go to therapy. But with the, with the core wound and the pain body, it's easy to get bogged down even with analysis about yourself. So we, one of the things I'm careful with people is we're not trying to analyze all the nooks and crannies of that pain body story. Yeah. We're, we're simply trying to heal through it. We're trying to see the emptiness of it so to see that that's not really what you are. And that's one of the keys, too, in this thing, I think. Without that, that's so key is that not to get bogged down with it. I totally agree. You know, we're, we're kind of coming here to the end, and I, I wanted to, you know, ask you about this um, your natural uh, rest method. You know, I, we get a, lo- a lot of conversations on on our site too about addiction. I know that you've had an experience with that, and I know that this is a process you've developed that will help with addiction. So, if you wouldn't mind touching briefly about the natural me- met- uh, rest method, what that is, and how that helps people, I would appreciate that. Yeah, it's a book uh, coming out soon, and it's it's basically the same kind of language, but it's directed more towards addiction. So it deals very specifically with like cravings and obsession, uh, which are things that people with addictions understand. Uh, they know what that's like. And so it's these little tools that I give people just, for example, to how to look at the obsession energy differently while it's happening. There's a little method that I give it's because of being being in a in really hooked into an obsession episode is quite its own thing that not everybody else deals with, but it's like being fixated on an object, a person, place, or thing, and being so overwhelmed by it. It's like being taken up by a storm, and you can't reason with a storm. You can't tell yourself to stop having obsessive thoughts about the person, place, or thing, or drug, or whatever. So it's just a matter of bringing awareness into again, that interior experience of while an obsession is happening and really noticing the thoughts and experiencing the energy in the body repeatedly during uh, an obsession. Um, And the more that you do that, the more the obsession releases itself. And so that's just one example. And then I go into cravings. And I also have a lot of inquiries in that book that just deal with seeking, you know, like, the various things that we're seeking in our life, like praise, attention, acknowledgement, approval, financial success, uh, love, acceptance, drugs, alcohol, all that stuff can be a source of suffering when we're looking for something outside of ourselves. So the inquiries are a way, again, just to direct you back into resting. We call it natural rest for addicts, just the natural rest of presence. And then seeing, illuminating, these seeking stories and instead of following them, just giving people little tools to see them so that you can let them be as they are and um, let them relax. And Yeah. So there's much more in the book, but that's the basic uh, framework for it. Excellent. It sounds very powerful. You know, that, and that is, you know, uh, 
so key is that those you know those that, that craving that comes up and I you know the, what I would say it goes to me it goes back to Rome. The one thing that I really have a um, not a lot of, not, I'm not most conscious in, in the, is in the, around the area of food and sugar and stuff like that. And so I'm I, I am very aware of those cravings when they come up. And some days I have success in allowing them to succeed, getting back to rest and not making a choice towards something that I don't want to do. Then other days. Those cravings come up, and they're, in a sense, they're more powerful than my awareness. And then I make a choice to eat something or, or do something around food, which I know isn't in my best interest. So, you know, for me personally, there's a lot of, um, I'm sure, a lot of insight there that I could use. And 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 so, thanks so much for uh, for using your experience and sharing your experience in a, in a powerful way. Well, thank you, Greg. I appreciate that. Thanks. Awesome one. Well, this is uh, the end of our call, and so as we wrap it up here anything you want to say in closing to the listeners as we uh as we've been sharing here the last hour about living realization um other than you know i'm available to talk one-on-one you can find that out livingrealization.org i'm also coming out to california in october i'm doing i'm doing a, a couple of meetings uh one in palo alto and one in santa cruz with pentino massaro and also one in um near San Rafael in Sebastopol, I think. And then I'm coming back in December for a string of meetings out there in California. So if, uh, if some of your California listeners are there, maybe we'll meet up there. That would be awesome. Definitely encourage everyone to check out Scott's website and check out his uh, his, his event page and, and, and learn all the details about those events. You know, not only is it working with someone individually one-on-one, a powerful, uh, you know, tool for the spiritual journey, but also coming together in groups for meetings or, or for, you know, what, whatever those gatherings might be. You know, when you have that group presence that arises when you come together, that's a very transformative experience in itself. So I highly encourage anyone to, to check out Scott's events. And also, as I mentioned during the call, to really, you know, uh, if you're on the fence, to really, you know, take that step. And if what Scott's been talking tonight has been resonating with you to to make a call and and see what it is to to what the details are for working with Scott. There's just nothing other, you know, than working with someone one on one as far as accelerating your spiritual journey. And so, really encourage everyone to, to check that out if if uh, what Scott's sharing here is resonating with you. Perfect. Well, Scott, thank you so so much for agreeing to join us tonight and for just sharing yourself so openly and honestly and really sharing a lot of great you know, pointers for the spiritual journey, you know, what, what we're talking about here, it's, it's not, you know, it's not complicated, but, the, you know, when you start analyzing it or overanalyzing, and you can make it complicated, but it really is that simple as really just repeatedly throughout the day coming back to awareness, resting in awareness, relaxing in awareness, and if you can just anchor yourself in that practice, then, you know, this experience of living realization can be something that you embody, and that's a very powerful experience to have on the human journey. So thank you so much for, for joining us and sharing all that you have tonight. Greg, thank you, and it's very gracious of you to ask me, and I appreciate that very much. And also, I've, just, I've watched your website for a number of years, and, and I've watched what you and I respect very much what you're doing helping people. And so I just want to thank you for that, and thanks to all the listeners for uh, just checking in with us. Perfect, perfect. Thanks. Well, that's it for tonight, folks. Thanks for joining us. And uh, if you uh, check out the Living with Tole website, we'll have a recording of this teleseminar available on the website in the next few weeks. And you can also download it through the Living with Tole iTunes site. 
And then uh, just to let everyone know, we do do this call the first Tuesday of every month. That's our Tava seminar date. We, we usually have a guest speaker on that to, uh, to help us on this journey of, you know, living with Tole or, you know, living a spiritual uh, journey and embodying all these, these wonderful teachings and teachers that are available. So thanks so much for joining us tonight. And we'll look forward to having you join us on the website or at a, at a future teleseminar. Thanks so much and good night.